right, good to see everybody Saturday night, and we are live, 55 Minutes of Fury. Welcome, CTN. Welcome, Rumble. Welcome, Facebook. Like and share as much as you possibly can on the platforms. Facebook usually has us completely and totally blocked, but try to share anyway. Absolutely, on Rumble, make sure that you are sharing, but welcome, everybody. Hop right to it, because we only have 55 minutes tonight. Grant Stitchfield tweet. What will Joe Biden do? This, this, if true, is an attack on America by Iran, breaking at least six Fatah uh, 110 missiles have just been launched from, excuse the pronunciation, Tambres, Iran, against the American consulate in Herbal, Iraq. Massive explosions have been recorded by Iraqi civilians near the consulate. Play the video for me, Will. So there we go. Now there we have it. it was six Fatah missiles launched from Tambres, Iran against the American consulate. This is all right now. This is all just conjecture. Nobody has verified any of this yet, but allegedly launched from Tambres, Iran against American consulate in, in herbal Iraq. Now, what will Joe Biden do as challenged by Grant Stitchfield from Newsmax? I can guarantee you what Joe Biden will do. Joe Biden will send drone strikes against innocent civilians and claim some sort of military victory while the bodies are being pulled out of the rubble. That's exactly what he's done so far. That's exactly what it'll do this time. All right, switching to, and oh, let me just say this too. Of course, the only reason why, let me, let's ask this question again. Did the UAE answer every phone call that Don, whenever Donald Trump called them? Did, did Saudi Arabia answer every single time Donald Trump called them? Absolutely. Did, let's just ask this question. Did Iran launch missiles at a United States consulate while Donald Trump was president? Absolutely not. Did Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine while Donald Trump is president? This is why Christians first, conservatives second, independents third, liberals fourth, and uh, leftists, progressives last. This is why you never put masks on your face. This is why you never lock down your businesses for a 99.9% survival virus pretending like it's 99.9% deadly. That's what you never do. This is why you never do these things. This now, because of that, we entered into a fraudulent election, which is, Tom, you say this every show. That's correct. We need to lay the groundwork every show because the only reason why Joe Biden is president is because we had a fraudulent election based on the false response to COVID, treating COVID like it's 99.9% deadly when it's 99.9% survivable. It was an absolute fraud bought into by the Christians, bought into by the church, bought into by the conservatives, bought into by the, by the independents, bought into by the Democrats, bought into by the leftists. That's exactly what happened. And that is why you have six Fatah missiles coming in and bombing a United States consulate in Iraq. This is why. This is why you do not do. It doesn't matter now that you say, you know what, now I'm against Biden. You need to go back in time and ask yourself, have I ever repented of not, of not obeying God's word? And Jesus said, and I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He never said mask. He never said social distance. He never said vaccinate. He never said lockdown. 
He never said alcohol gel stations. He never said fear whatsoever. This is why fear, is the, which is the opposite of faith and or faith in the devil, is the reason why we have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as the president and vice president of the United States. Shifting to Ukraine. This, this speech, this little montage, I don't even know who this woman is. She's on the floor of some congressional session in some country. So it looks like England, Scotland, Ireland, somewhere in there. And she gives one of the best speeches in, summar- in, in, in summarizing this whole Ukraine situation. Play it for me. There's no doubt about it. We're living in times of catastrophic crisis where the lives of innocent civilians are sacrificed in the wars of their masters. Yes, in Ukraine, but not only. Since the last plenary, tens of thousands of Afghani citizens have been forced to flee in search of food and safety. Five million children face famine, an agonising and painful death, a 500% increase in child marriages and children being sold just so they can survive, and not a mention of it, not here, not anywhere. No wall-to-wall TV coverage, no emergency humanitarian response, no special plenaries, not even a mention in this plenary, no Afghani delegations and no statements. My God, they must be wondering what makes their humanitarian crisis so unimportant? Is it the colour of their skin? Is it that they're not white? They're not European? That their problems come from a US gun or a US invasion? Is it that the decision to rob their country's wealth was taken by a despotic US president rather than a Russian one? Because my God, all wars are evil and all victims deserve support. And until we get on that page, we have no credibility whatsoever. Exactly right. See, the flavor of the month, of course, COVID 2.0 is the Ukraine. Oh, Tom, that makes you pro-Putin. I'm not pro-Putin, as I've said over and over again. Vladimir Putin is a WEF dictator. Volodymyr Zelensky, president or prime minister of Ukraine, is a WEF dictator. Zelensky has locked up all oppo media and all oppo politicians in his country. That is not a democracy. Nancy Pelosi says it is. That means it's not. Chuck Schumer says it is. That means it's not. Mitt Romney says it is. That means it's not. Lindsey Graham says it is. That means it's not. Sean Hannity says it is. That means it's not. That is not a democracy. The entire eastern side of Ukraine is habitually under attack by the western side which is which is controlled by Zelensky there are there's all sorts of allegations of nazism and various other things it is a complicated situation vladimir vladimir putin is an evil man so is zelensky it's again like i've said a couple times now it's between when iraq, iraq invaded iran so are you in, in, are you for saddam hussein or the Ayatollah Khomeini? Which one? Do I have to side with the Ayatollah because he's the one that's invaded when both people are evil? The, most, the fourth most corrupt country on the planet is the Ukraine. I do not have to side with them. And because I, do, I, I side with their civilians and I side with the Russian civilians that are suffering. I side with because they're, they're innocent. Because they're bourgeois, elitist, WEF acting, prime ministers and presidents have started a war urged on by the American left and, of course, the establishment right have urged this war on. You have the Clintons money laundering in Ukraine for decades. You have the Bidens money laundering in Ukraine for decades. The entire Democratic Party left money laundering in the Ukraine for decades. 
And that, and, and suddenly they're, they're, a, they're a shining city on a democratic hill? Absolutely not. I do not have to side with either country. I side with the civilian. civilians. My ministry has sent $10,000 to the civilians of Ukraine to feed them as they migrate out of the country, to feed them, to care for them, to shelter them. And we may, when we may do more, I don't know. We'll play it by ear as we go. But that's whose side I'm, I'm on. Ukraine is simply a cover-up for all the vaccine statistics that are coming out. Watch and see. Hopefully we get to all of them tonight. Tucker Carlson, play the first one for me, Will. Tucker Carlson, tonight, last night we told you that the Biden administration is funding a number of secretive biolabs in Ukraine, labs that are conducting experiments on highly dangerous pathogens. Now, that's not a story, as we told you, that we wanted to do. In fact, we didn't think it could be true. It's so over-the-top and bizarre. And in any case, the administration had repeatedly and very aggressively denied that they were doing anything like this. And then they attacked anyone who asked questions about it as a tool of Russia. We foolishly assumed that in this one instance, they might be telling the truth. And then out of nowhere, the Biden official in charge of Ukraine confirmed the story. Toria Nuland, the undersecretary of state, casually mentioned in a Senate hearing on Tuesday that actually, yes, the Biden administration does fund a series of bio labs in Ukraine, and whatever is in these labs is so dangerous that she is deeply concerned these materials will fall into the hands of the Russian military. Now, that struck us as a shocking development. Once again, not for the first time, what had seemed like a nutty conspiracy theory turned out to be true. Toria Newland's testimony raised at least two immediate questions. What exactly are these labs doing with our money and in our name? And why didn't the Biden administration secure the contents of these labs before the Russians invaded? So far, we haven't received any answer at all to the second question. We think we're the only ones who've even asked it. Whoever decided to leave deadly biological materials sitting in Ukraine as Russian troops massed on the border has not yet been identified. We hope that person will be identified. We'll keep asking. As for the first question, what exactly is going on in these labs? We've gotten several answers, all of them insulting. Initially, the administration claimed that the labs were designed to help the Ukrainians fight tuberculosis, as well as various livestock diseases. That's what officials told members of Congress. It didn't seem plausible, and in fact, it's not plausible. And then, after our show last night, the Pentagon released what it non-ironically called a fact sheet designed to make the biolab story seem small and ridiculous. Virtually every news organization in America, with almost no exceptions, repeated the administration's claim verbatim with no verification of any kind. Foreign Policy Magazine ran this version of it, which was identical to many other versions you saw if you followed the news today. Quote, fact check. DOD has worked with Ukraine to eliminate, in all caps, bioweapons left behind by the Soviet Union since 2005, said a senior US defense intelligence official. But these are not, again, in all caps, weapons labs, as Russians falsely claim, the official said. The Washington Post assured us of the same thing. So did countless other so-called news organizations. Okay, so no big deal. This is not actually a story. The Pentagon's been doing it since 2005, working with the Ukrainians to, quote, eliminate biological weapons left behind by the Soviets. That makes sense. But wait, 2005 was 17 years ago. How long does it take to eliminate Soviet bioweapons? 17 years seems like a long time. If you had 17 years and ample funding from Congress, you could probably remove and catalog every grain of sand on Waikiki Beach. And yet somehow over that same period, 17 years, 
the Pentagon has not finished removing test tubes from Soviet-era freezers. How does that work exactly? How heavy are these bioweapons? Do we lack the transportation capacity to get them out of Ukraine and bury them in the desert in Nevada? When was the Pentagon planning to finish this important job? In 20 years? In 50 years? Those all seem like very obvious questions, but not a single reporter asked any of those questions. Meanwhile, over at CNN, perhaps aware that the first explanation didn't make sense once you thought about it, offered a new alibi. According to CNN's website, the labs in Ukraine exist to, quote, secure old Soviet weapons. Okay, secure, not eliminate. Which raises the question, what does it mean to secure a bioweapon? And again, why has it taken 17 years to do it? And by the way, if these are really just old Soviet weapons, why is Toria Newland so worried they'll wind up in the hands of old Soviets, who presumably already have these very same weapons? Probably don't need more. It's absurd when you think about it. So don't think about it. And that was the point of today's coverage of the Biden administration's secret Ukrainian, Ukrainian biolabs. Stop thinking about it. Start accepting what they tell you at face value. Otherwise, you are an agent of Russia. Here's I don't usually like to play videos that long, especially because you're kind of kyping everybody else's materials. But it was such a great summation of what's happening with the biolabs in Ukraine. And again, this is COVID 2.0. You got biolabs. You have a threat to life you know, one that flows one way or the other, depending on how you look at it, threat to life, like COVID was allegedly this existential threat to life, but it wasn't. But then the vaccines really are, so you have a threat to life. And then, of course, you ban all opposition. What's a ban opposition media? Ban opposition voices. Ban opposition opinions. Ban opposition politicians. It's COVID 2.0 once again. But here's the summation. Biden administration is they acknowledge and have now fully admitted to funding biolabs in Ukraine. Victoria Newland will not answer the question from Marco Rubio, even though he teed it up for her, and he's part of the Washington establishment, and then covers up for her afterwards, which we'll go over in a second. So the Biden administration, after first, vehemently and aggressively, aggressively denying that they fund biolabs. Now, they call them biolabs. Victoria Newland is asked point blank, does the Ukraine have bioweapons? She goes, well, no, they have biolabs. Well, they're being funded by the Biden administration. Initially, initially denied it, but then aggressively had to admit it. Calling everybody, and, and how, did they, how did they aggressively, how did they aggressively deny it? If you actually asserted that the Biden administration was funding those biolabs, you were called, you were called pro-Putin. You were called an advocate of Vladimir Putin. That's how, but then, when they can't lie anymore, they admit that they are funding these biolabs after calling people like me and you Putin for however, however long a period of time was apropos. Victoria Newland then confirmed the story and, the and confirmed that the material was very dangerous. Why didn't the Biden administration secure the contents of these labs before the, before the Russians invaded? Now, he's had this entire year to secure this material. Why didn't he secure it? I mean, is it incompetence? Is it pure stupidity? What is it? Now, why are they so, why are they so concerned? It's very much reminiscent of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, isn't it? Again, this is COVID 2.0. No, this is, this is a naturally occurring virus. And then it comes out that there's absolutely no way it's a naturally occurring virus. So then, they, of course, they start to kind of leak and start to it's that way that it could have come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. All the while, Fauci is still maintaining that it's an animal-based virus. 
But again, we, we it's it's all very very similar, isn't it? What is going? What is what is happening in these labs? Biden administration says, "Here's what they said." This is the point blank asked. Biden administration answers, "What is going on in these labs?" Biden administration. Uh, these labs are to fight are, are for experiments to fight TB and livestock diseases. And then the DOD Department of Defense comes out and says they are working with the Ukraine to eliminate Soviet era bioweapons since 2005. That's what these bio labs are. So which one is it? You have the Biden administration DOD saying that they are working with the Ukrainians to eliminate bioweapons located in the bio labs for the last 17 years. And then Biden himself, Jen Psaki, Peppermint Patty, his little hand puppet, is out there saying that the bioweapons labs are there to fight TB and livestock diseases, an absolute contradiction of one another. Then the DOD says that they are working with the Ukraine to eliminate the Soviet area bioweapons. And then CNN puts out, secure the bioweapons i mean do you see the contradicting propaganda it is identical to COVID 19. you have you have the absolute stated facts which is COVID 19 is a 99.9 percent survival virus for almost all of humanity and then of course the propaganda comes in and says it's an existential threat to kids it's 99.9997 percent survival for kids one lie contradicts another lie one lie contradicts the truth. Then they have another lie, and then they put another lie out that contradicts that. There's almost so much information you can never get grounded. Here's the next part of Tucker. Play it for me. Union. The second lie. In fact, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev has acknowledged joint American and Ukrainian research on other pathogens, such as hemorrhagic fever virus. Apparently, there's a lot of this going on in Ukraine, funded by the United States. Did you know that? Why Ukraine? We don't know. We can only guess. We do know that in 2010, the U.S. government helped fund construction of a brand new level three biolab in Odessa, Ukraine. The purpose of that lab was not to eliminate or secure aging Soviet weapons. No, that lab was designed for research on new and, quote, especially dangerous pathogens in Ukraine, the poorest country in Europe. Again, not a hotbed of biomedical research. Why Ukraine? Could it be that the Biden administration is really, really concerned about this invasion? They're not concerned at all about what happened in Afghanistan, which, by the way, just so everybody knows for the record, the human holocaust there, the, the, the catastrophic cost to humanity in Afghanistan dwarfs what's happening in Ukraine. You have rapes on an epidemic level. You have children being sold off to marriage when the child is eight or nine years old, all girls, of course, never a boy being sold off to marriage at nine years old. It's a girl being sold off to a pedophile. You have $82 billion worth of high-tech United States military gear left behind there, making the Afghani army the 26th largest army on the planet overnight between Germany and, and Italy. And the toll there of the people being slaughtered everywhere in Afghanistan, not to mention the thousands upon thousands, it's thousands, it's not hundreds, thousands and thousands upon Americans and green card holders that were left behind by, by Joe Biden in Afghanistan. And by the way, let's not forget the 13 American soldiers slaughtered at Abbey Gate in a completely preventable bombing, completely preventable by Joe Biden, by Lloyd Austin, by CENTCOM Commander McKenzie, completely and totally avoidable because they knew about it 12 hours in advance. Could it be that they're so concerned about the Ukraine, they're gonna go fight for democracy. Are they going to fight for democracy? Or are they trying to hide the fact that they built 
in, in Odessa, Ukraine, a level four biolab step, uh, si- you know, side by side the Ukrainians. Is that what they're trying to hide? Tucker, again, play it for me. Well, as we know, this has been going on for five or six years that anybody who questions the predominant mainstream narrative from the media, from the Democratic Party, our tools of Vladimir Putin, our Kremlin agents, our sympathizers for Moscow, this has been their tactic forever. And obviously it's escalated now. But the one point I want to make, Tucker, is when the government comes out and emphatically denies that they have biological weapons, we know they're not telling the truth. Remember the anthrax attacks right after 9-11? They were incredibly terrifying because of how weaponized they were. First, the government said it was from Al-Qaeda. Then they said it was from Saddam Hussein. In 2008, they said, we solved the case. Actually, it came from a U.S. Army lab, from an infectious disease specialist under the auspices of Tony Fauci, a scientist who cultivated these weaponized uh, strains of anthrax and deployed them on U.S. soil. We know they did the same thing with the coronavirus, where they manipulated the coronavirus to become more lethal and more contagious. They claim that those aren't biological weapons because inside their brain, their intention is not to use them, but just to study them. But the things they're making are exactly the same as what you would make if you were to make biological weapons. And you have to be so careful to understand what they mean when they deny that they have these. You have to understand something. The Ukraine are a bunch of liars. The Russians are a bunch of liars. And the United States State Department and Joe Biden are a bunch of liars. Just because the, the, word, the words United States are in front of somebody's title does not make them correct. You know, that sounds so anti, anti-patriotic. No, what it is, is just being honest. My honesty and my devotion to Jesus Christ trumps my blind patriotism. If it's a lie from Joe Biden, it's a lie. If it's a lie from Donald Trump, it's a lie. I will call all the lies out. They are all lying. Just like the, I love, I love what, he, what he brought up there. The anthrax threat back, back, you know, back in the day. First they said it was Al-Qaeda. This is right after 9-11. I remember all this. First they said it's Al-Qaeda, then they said it's Saddam Hussein, and it ends up originating at an army base in the United States of America. And just like Glenn Greenwald said, it's just like COVID. COVID, it came from a bat 1,000 miles south of, of Wuhan on the border of Vietnam at the wet market. Not, not the bio we- level four bioweapons lab in Wuhan, China, called the Wuhan Institute of Virology, funded by Peter Daszak, funded, through, fu- funded by Peter Daszak through Anthony Fauci, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, doing gain-of-function func- research, funded by the NIH, which then scrubs gain-of-function research off their website. Francis Collins being in charge of that. That's who these people really are. That's why you don't just jump on board with the latest panic narrative or fear porn. You don't just jump right on board with it because they say that you're going to go there and defend a democracy, a democracy that doesn't even exist. There is no democracy in Ukraine. How can you have a democracy when you've locked up the opposition political party? Here's kind of the basis of the whole of the whole bioweapons debate. Play it for me. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100% it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique 
to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. We have reason to believe that they are engaged in a false flag operation. As a false flag operation. A false flag operation. To conduct a false flag operation. What else are we not listening to that we need to take action on now? Well, the the idea of a, a bioterrorist attack is kind of the nightmare scenario because they're a pathogen with a high death rate would be picked. Now, the good news is, okay. I'm not trying to depress you, it's tough enough Too late. right now, Too that late. most of the work we're going to do to be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one, most of the work we'll do to be ready for that are also the things we need to do uh, to minimize the threat of, of bioterrorism. You know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is... Uh, will get attention this time. The most disgusting part of that video, well, there's two, uh, two very disgusting parts. Number one, Aaron, my producer Aaron noticed this during the video, how they've got on the placard in front of Victoria Newland, who is anything but honorable, the honorable Victoria Newland. Why is it that we have to sit there and honor ourselves? Why can't you just have why can't you just have your name on a placard in front of you? The other disgusting part is Marco Rubio, who who reveals himself being the deep state globalist hack that he really is, the spineless worm that he is, really is, just playing the he's just he's just playing the role of a conservative. He's not really a conservative. So he says they tease it up for for Victoria Newland. So, Ms. Newland, if there is any sort of biochemical attack in the Ukraine, we can rest assured that it is absolutely 100% the Russians. How would we know that? Oh, Tom, now you're pro-Putin. Asking for the truth makes you pro that which you already have stated that you're against? If you want the truth about masking, does that make me pro-COVID or, or pro-grandma dying? No, I would like to know, does a mask actually stop COVID because we know that it doesn't? So if I'm against the vaccines because I know they cause capillary blood clotting and antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome, does that make me pro-death? No, I want to know the truth. I simply want to know, why is it that Marco Rubio says 100% sure when you have existing, funded by the Biden administration, bioweapons lab, labs in the Ukraine, that if there is a bioweapons attack inside the Ukraine, it has to be the Russians. When the Ukrainians are sitting there with bioweapons labs that they are lying about and that the Biden administration is lying about saying that, well, you know what, these labs are simply refrigeration units for 2005 leftover Soviet bioweapons. Really, for the last 17 years since the Soviets left and they're still sitting there? I just simply want to know the truth. Wanting to know the truth doesn't make you pro either side. It makes you pro-truth. I just had to throw this in here because I, this amaze video and the title is, remember this, cold hard evidence of possible collusion. Remember who these people are. Here's Nancy Pelosi talking about Donald Trump's collusion with the, the Russians. Play it for me. This week we saw cold hard evidence of the Trump campaign, indeed the Trump family, eagerly intending to collude possibly with Russia Give me the list of the cold, hard evidence. Give me, give me one through five. She never has any of it. 
And this is the same exact people, whether it's her, whether it's Schumer, whether it's Biden, whether it's Harris, whether it's Jake Sullivan. These are the exact same people. Jake Sullivan, deeply, deeply intertwined with the Russian collusion hoax. These are the exact same people saying, you know what? Maybe we ought to consider a no-fly zone. Maybe we ought to consider putting troops into Ukraine. Maybe we ought to consider flying jets into Poland and then making the Polish military fly them into Ukraine, what we call, of course, the, 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 hot, the hot potato the NATO hot potato because nobody actually wants to be the ones responsible for flying those jets into Ukraine and handing them over to the Ukrainians while Putin's watching. These are the same people that are basically saying, you know what, Let's, this is a democracy we need to go defend. These are the same people that wasted $42 million on Robert Mueller's investigation into Donald Trump's collusion with Russia that never existed. They're the very same people whether you're talking about James Comey, Andrew McCabe, who signed false FISA application applications for warrants to get wiretaps on Donald Trump, and we all know for sure now, because it's now come out publicly, of course, four years later, that Donald Trump was wiretapped both at the White House and at Trump Tower. Absolute fact. It's all come out. They've had to admit to it now. This is what happens. You know, I don't, I don't want to digress too far on this, but this is what happens every time. They sit there and they smoke screen, they smoke screen, they slow walk data, they, they send out redacted data on FOIA requests and long enough to where nobody cares about it anymore. That's why if the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, which they will in November, all of these people need to be held accountable in Nuremberg-style tribunals. What do I mean by that? You talking about hanging people? I'm not talking about hanging people. I'm talking about appropriate justice, whether it's civil or criminal. Anthony Fauci needs to be brought up on charges of perjury. He knows that he perjured himself over and over and over again, at least, at least on gain-of-function research and probably a myriad of other topics now here's the russian response why not play both sides this is russia talking at the un about biolabs in the ukraine play it for me our military became aware of the details of the project up4 which was being conducted in laboratories of kiev kharkov and odessa the goal is to study the possibility of spreading particularly dangerous inf infections using migratory birds and this includes a highly pathogenic uh, influenza H5N1, whose lethality for people reaches 50%, as well as in the Newcastle disease. Yeah, there was another project where the vector of the potential agents of biological weapon, uh, bats, were considered. Amongst priority areas for study, they include the bacterial and viral pathogens that could spread from bats to people, such as uh, plague, leptospirosis, and as well as filoviruses and coronaviruses. As can see from the project documents, the United States actively funded the biological projects in Ukraine. Experiments were being conducted to study the spread of dangerous diseases using ectoparasites such as lice and fleas. Even non-specialists understand that such experiments one of the more, are one of the more reckless because they do not give you an opportunity to control how the situation is going to develop further. Oh, Tom, you're pro-Putin and you're pro-Russia for showing that video. I, I just want to know what they have to say. Why is he less believable than Joe Biden? It, it, why is he less believable than Hunter Biden? Why is he less believable than Hillary Clinton? 
I'm not pro any of these people. I'm saying Hillary Clinton's a bold-faced liar and probably that Russian speaking to the UN right there is probably a bold-faced liar. And I am tired of being used and abused, 30 freaking trillion dollars in debt in our country by these bourgeois elitist leftist and establishment rightists, which are really leftists, using and abusing our tax dollars to enrich themselves and start wars that enrich themselves. Liz Cheney, Dick Cheney, the Bushes. Tommy, you, sound, you don't sound much like a Republican. No, what I am is a conservative. The worst, I'll tell you what, you know, as, as irritated as I get with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Biden, and Harris, the, mo the most irritating of all are the Adam Kinzingers of the world, the Mitt Romneys of the world, the Ben Sasses and the Lindsey Grahams and the spineless Marco Rubios. Oh, really, Victoria Nuland. So if there's, if there's a bioweapons attack inside of Ukraine, it has to be the Russians, right? Victoria Nuland, who started a color revolution that killed tens of thousands of people in 2014 in the Ukraine herself? is also an absolute Ukraine impeachment hoaxer and bold-faced perjurous liar, Victoria Nuland, that person. I am tired of this country being victimized. Right now, we're all being victimized. There's no reason for $7 gas. There's no reason for supply line shortages. There's no reason for empty shelves. It's the bourgeois elitists. Who, also, who don't want you to have a police department, but they themselves have 2,700 cops surrounding them on Capitol Hill. While a city like Seattle has 900 cops, the entire city of Seattle has 900 cops, and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and, and, and the establishment right-wing Republicans have a 2,700 staffed police department for a two square mile area on capitol hill tell me how that makes sense they are bourgeois elitists both the establishment right and the establishment left which by the way work in a synergistic relationship one with another to keep themselves politically alive and thriving for their own personal empowerment and for their own personal wealth that's what it's all about Back and forth, you act conservative today, I'll act liberal today. We'll act like there's contention between us, but all the while we're actually never truly legislating and we're going $30 trillion in debt. So that was the Russian side. So here's the United States side. Play it for me. Russia asked the Security Council for today's meeting for the sole purpose of lying and spreading disinformation, and that is exactly what you have heard from the Russian PR this morning. You also heard from Ms. Nakamisu, that the UN is not aware of any biological or chemical weapons programs in Ukraine. Last month, Secretary Blinken laid out with tragic accuracy what Russia was about to do. He specifically warned that Russia would manufacture a pretext for attack and even cautioned that Russia would fabricate allegations about chemical or biological weapons to justify its own violent attacks against the Ukrainian people. Today, the world is watching Russia do exactly what we warned it would. Russia is attempting to use the Security Council to legitimize disinformation and... Enough of that propaganda. It's probably propaganda on both sides. But let's ask this question. Since the United States funded the construction of a level three bioweapons, biohazardous laboratory in Odessa on the border of Russia, how would we feel if Russia built a level three bioweapons lab on the border of Texas and Mexico? 
You see how it works? It's not, let's just rush in and defend democracy. First of all, there is no democracy to defend, but it's far more complicated than white hat versus black hat. And the reason why, why, the, why the globalists, the WEF actors, the American left, the establishment right in America, the reason why they are pushing Ukraine is to cover up all that is coming out about their response to COVID. COVID was a very manageable virus with a 99.9% survival rate all the way up to 50 years old. And then it drops dramatically down from 50 to 70 to 99.5% survivable. And even over 80 is 90, 95% survivable. Everybody knows that, right? Those are the CDC statistics, which are, of course, they're actually slanted towards it being far more virulent than it really is. So that who knows what the numbers truly are about COVID. But all they're trying to do is cover up for their, their, basically their violent response, their wrong response to COVID-19. It, and it, it wasn't just that it was wrong because they didn't know what they were doing. It was wrong on purpose to unseat a duly elected president, Donald Trump, so that you have a fraudulent election and get Joe Biden in. And they were speaking at it from Davos. They were speaking at it at the Ukraine, all against Trump. And then lo and behold, Right after Trump gives his Davos speech, no, actually, I think it was the UN speech. Right after the UN speech, here comes COVID. It's funny how that works. And then when all of the vaccine data is starting to come out, here comes Ukraine. You want to know the truth? Here's Alex Jones. Play it for me. What do you and your circle of researchers, that I know are some of the best, think is about to happen? Look, I mean... The Russians, I, I see the Russians being very smart, very calculating. The media keeps saying that they're losing. I just see them as they're not trying to, to take civilian casualties. I mean, that's the point. Russia, it, Russia sees Ukraine as their cousins. At 1900, it was Kiev, Russia. Okay, this, they, are, they are the same people. Now, there is, a, there is a Germanic faction that's in the, you know, that's Western Ukraine. There is the blonde, blonde, -eyed, uh, blonde, uh, blonde and blue-eyed faction within Ukraine. So it's not to say that all Ukrainians are Russians, but at least half the country is ethnically Russian, speaks Russian. So Russia is not going in there to destroy Ukraine. They are systematically, it seems, going after biolabs, going after the military, trying to make it neutral, as Putin said. It should be like a neutral Switzerland type of country between the West and Russia. That's his attitude. Now, I've heard from military intel that, there that the Ukraine was pushing for nukes. Now, whether or not they actually have developed them, I've heard breaking stuff. I haven't confirmed it, that the Russians did find I mean, some, Zelensky some said he wanted nukes. No, I've, Zelensky, Zelensky wanted, I've actually heard, again, not confirmed, but from intel, intel people saying, yes, the Russians did find that they have dirty bomb or some kind of nuclear capacity that they have been working on in wow. Ukraine. Please continue. That's just the most breaking thing I've heard. And that came from a few days ago. And then I was, someone else told me that independently today that they found it. So this is coming from high level military in, in the Russian side. So that's why I say I can't confirm it. But it does seem that this is a major aspect of why Putin decided to move. If there was not only the biolabs issue, there's, as we've heard about, genetic warfare things, you know, as far as genetic smallpox, things like this, but actual nuclear uh, dirty bomb type of capabilities being developed in Ukraine. And what people need to realize, too, when it comes to the Ukrainians, you have galactic fools like Adam Kinzinger calling for a no-fly zone, and you have galactic fools like Voldemar Zelensky calling for a NATO no-fly zone. So you have a United States Air Force shooting down Russian jets and Russian jets shooting down the United States Air Force. That's a great idea when nuclear war is staring you right in the eye. Alex Jones again, play it for me. 
When you have U.S. senators in both parties saying we may need to go ahead and nuke Russia first, and the Russians are aware that's almost happened before, what do you think that makes the Russians do? Well, it makes them go into war mode. So I don't like them invading Ukraine. I don't like him putting his nuclear forces on maximum alert. Only one level above that on their death con, just like our system, and that's fire the weapons. And so now we have Democrats all over the news saying, let's just use nuclear weapons on Russia. Think of their ignorance. Russia has hundreds of submarines off our coast with sea-launched missiles that would vaporize our cities within five minutes on average of being launched. Sea-launched cruise missiles that fly at Mach 5. Land launch systems they can also launch from ships that are at Mach 9 and cannot be shot down. And yes, the United States has those too. That's a Pentagon lie that, that Russia developed systems that we don't have. It's on record the U.S. has those systems. The point is it's called mutually assured destruction or mad for a reason because anyone that would violate the mad doctrine is insane. And you know, I'm on the side of not having a nuclear war, especially when Russia is not starting a fight with us, and especially after we just heard for years that everything happening in this country is run by Russia when that was all a giant lie. The globalists are the outside evil force. This thing, you know, all the, the rich elitist snobs out in Hollywood can buy all the underground bunkers they want. That will not enable you to survive a global thermal nuclear war. Sorry. And so you can sit there and grandstand all you want and advocate for a war that you yourselves nor any of your children will ever fight in. You sit there and you advocate for it. And that right there is the possibility that could happen. If you sit there and have a no-fly zone over Ukraine because you're there to defend a democracy that doesn't exist. Avi Yemeni tweet. Here's the interesting part. Remember, Ukraine is COVID 2.0. I'll show you in just a second. In 2022, a German hospital, that's right now, is proudly refusing to treat Russian citizens. Not Russian soldiers, Russian citizens. Never forget German hospitals banned Jews in 1936. It was popular to hate Jews then. History repeats itself. Russians are the new Jews. Well, I'll put it to you this way. Remember, only, only one month ago, only one month ago, it was vaxxed versus unvaxxed. Now it's Russian versus no Russian, whether it's pro-Putin versus non-pro-Putin. So if you're, remember how it was? If you were vaxxed, you were anti-science and you were pro-death. Now, if you simply have an opinion of, I want to know both sides, and I am not for this dictator over another dictator, now you are the great unwashed again. It's the exact same thing. Now you are the unvaxxed again. And hospitals were refusing to do transplants for people who were not vaccinated. And now you have, lo and behold, the Germans. History always repeats itself. Here come the Germans again refusing to allow people into a hospital based on their ethnicity fantastic job and we where we got in, in 20 in, in two years of 15 days to flatten the curve we almost got to the mark of the beast in only 17 18 days of a ukraine invasion we have the germans rising to hitler-esque standards in only 17 days, congratulations, Angela Merkel, and congratulations, Adam Kinzinger. Congratulations, Liz Cheney, and Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, and, and Lindsey Graham, and Mitt Romney. Congratulations once again. You know why they don't care? Because they'll always be allowed in the hospital. They'll always be allowed in. Cernovich video, Tucker does it again. Play it for me. 
Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, you wonder if looking backward many years from right now, historians will notice the remarkable coincidence in timing. Have you noticed? Here it is. At exactly the moment when the emergency powers they awarded to themselves to fight COVID started to wane, our leaders began pushing for conflict with Russia. And then on the basis of that conflict, they assumed historic war powers. Hmm. Without even pausing, the Biden administration declared total economic war on a sovereign country. No American had been killed. The United States had not been invaded or attacked. And yet with no meaningful public debate or congressional authorization, the Biden administration destroyed that country's currency, then removed it from the international banking system that impoverished its population. Then the administration began seizing the property of people affiliated with that country without a trial or due process of any kind, without even bothering to explain exactly what crime they had committed. No American government had ever done anything like that before. If there was one thing the U.S. government long stood for, it was the rule of law. The integrity of the system was always the most important thing, but not anymore. That turned out to be an era, and that era is gone. Because the target is Russia, very few Americans have noticed any of this. They support it. Virtually no one has paused to ask him or herself where this might be going. How long until our leaders do something similar to their domestic enemies here in the United States? How long before they accuse you of collusion or disloyalty or some other hard-to-define crime, declare you an enemy of the state, and then confiscate your bank account? Something very much like that just happened in Canada. We don't imagine it could happen here. Mostly we just don't think about it. What we think about is Ukraine. Yeah, it just happened in Canada. Of course, you had the Emergencies Act in Canada where, where basically Justin Trudeau instituted martial law. They were all, they were having their emergency powers, which by the way, just so everybody knows, all these politicians, whether they're governors, prime ministers, presidents, that are all, and remember that the United States Senate just went along the party line, just voted exactly down party lines, 100% of Republicans, well, the ones that voted, I don't know about the Mitt Romneys of the world, but the ones that voted is basically 48, 47 to continue the United States being under a state of emergency for COVID-19. They just voted to continue to do that again. The Republicans tried to take it down, tried to stop it. And of course, the Democrats want to keep it. Why? Because they're totalitarians. So as their emergency powers wane, they go ahead and put in their war powers, emergency powers in place. So now they just shift. They shift from controlling your life from a disease, and now they're going to control your life using a war. It's the exact same thing. COVID 2.0, the Ukraine. Now this disclosed TV video, now Biden on Russia's stock market. Play it for me. Why is it closed? Because for the last two weeks, because the moment it opens, it will be disbanded. You hear me? It will blow up. Exact stuff they were doing with COVID, shutting everybody down, ruining everybody's lives. That has nothing to do with Vladimir Putin. He's not going to suffer from a stock market collapse inside of Russia. He's a multi, multi, multi-billionaire who is now being crowdsourced and funded by, by the CCP directly. All the fuel that's not going to the United States is all being bought at full price by the CCP and the PLA. All of those sanctions are doing absolutely nothing. Now, here's what they're trying to cover up. The vaccine data is coming out. Play it for me. This is the CDC's own data um, that they aggregate into um, all ages. Uh, the bottom line is my uh, insurance industry expert, former sell-side Wall Street analyst, went into the CDC data. We were looking for other things, but what we found was pretty shocking. He took the data and it, it took some time and effort. He did a lot of work, 
he broke it down by age and he created baselines for each age group to come up with excess mortality. And the money chart is really chart four, which shows that the millennial age group 25 to 44 experienced an 84% increase in excess mortality into the fall. It's the um, worst ever excess mortality, I think, in the history. Um, just to give you an idea, when you look at chart four, you see when mandates and boosters hit the acceleration into the fall, and then um, it reaccelerated into uh, the end of the year. The drop off in that data you see there is reporting issues. It takes time for millennial age uh, deaths to be reported because they're usually not hospital deaths. So um, that data is going to be updated and probably shows a continued uh, disturbing trend. So just to put some numbers on this, um, in the fall, uh, starting in the summer into the fall with the mandates and the boosters, um, there were 61,000 excess millennial deaths. Basically, millennials experienced a Vietnam War in, in the second half of 2021, okay? 58,000 people died in the Vietnam War, uh, U.S. Uh, troops. So this generation just experienced a Vietnam War. And I think this is... So I want that is why you're seeing the Ukraine. Oh, it's to defend democracy. No, it's not. You just said, now remember how long the Vietnam War was. The Vietnam War was somewhere in the, in the range of 12 to 15 years. And 61,000 Americans, well, actually 58,000 Americans died in that war. Another useless globalist war brought on by a bunch of self-motivated, self, you know, people trying to gain, of course, their own personal power and their own personal wealth. And we did absolutely and accomplished absolutely nothing. However, so let's look at the numbers. This is the age bracket. And remember, this is only for the second half of 2021. We don't even know about the first half of 2021 yet. This is why you have COVID 2.0 in the Ukraine, where you had in that an excess mortality rate. Of, this is just people 24, 25 to 44, an excess mortality rate of an, eight, an 87% increase. 61,000 more people died in, uh, in this age bracket in 2021 than in 2020. 61,000 extra people died. So it's probably 122,000 for the year. But now with that data coming in and notice what he said, he said that, you know what? The reason why this data comes in slowly is because these people don't die in hospitals. 25 to 44 year olds don't die in hospitals. They're dropping dead all over the planet. We are seeing it every day on the news, but it's being, it's being subjugated. It's being suppressed by, of course, the leftist side of the media. But a Vietnam War in only one half of 2020. Hey, you know what, Will? Let's skip ahead to Kamala. And let's. And don't worry, everybody. Kamala Harris is in charge. Play it for me. I am here, standing here on the northern flank, on the eastern flank, talking about what we have in terms of the eastern flank and our NATO allies and what is at stake at this very moment. Imagine a future, the freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. 
What point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. So I will say what I know we all say, and I will say over and over again. The United States stands firmly with the Ukrainian people in defense of the NATO alliance. The UN has set up a process by which there will be a review and investigations, and we will, of course, participate as appropriate and necessary. But we all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. Pregnant women going for health care? Being injured by, I don't know, a missile, a bomb? In an unprovoked, unjustified war? where a powerful country is trying to take over another country, violate its sovereignty, its territorial integrity, for the sake of what? Nothing that is justified or provoked? Absolutely there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on this war and what Russia has done in terms of this aggression and these atrocities, I have no doubt. And if I can ask you, Madam Vice President, President Biden has said that Americans will feel some pain for the sake of defending freedom and liberty, but there does seem to be no end game in sight. How long should Americans expect, how long should we be bracing for um, this really sort of um, historic inflation and some unprecedented gas prices? Sure. In terms of uh, the discussions that the president, we must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. Don't forget everybody, spring forward tonight. Don't miss church tomorrow. I love each and every one of you. Stand firm in the faith. Lots of other churches are closing. They're done. And I'm talking about even churches that were small mitigators. You know what? You come in, we're, we're keeping our church open, but make sure everybody sits six feet apart. Make sure that you've got alcohol gel on. You can mask if you want. You can do what you just feel comfortable. Bring your own lawn chair. Sit in your COVID clumps, but we're actually open. It's absolute insanity. We are never going to be involved in any of that garbage ever.
thing is we're never gonna close. We never will. That's the way that it is. I don't care who the governor is of Florida. I don't care who the president is, is of the United States. The Constitution says we have freedom of religion, freedom to assemble, and we will stand. We will stand. Period. Always. We will stand. We will not. And this is what happens when you do stand and you implement the Word of God. You need to be sowing seed into the southern outpost of freedom. There is no other church like this one. Check out our new TLP trucker hat. When you give $25 or more to the podcast, we will ship one out to you. Thank you for investing in the program, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hey, I'm Aaron Yeager, producer of the Tom Lightly Podcast. If you can't get enough of the show, you can always tune in and watch us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also go live every Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is also on the Christian Television Network. You can always watch live at TomLightbly.com, which is our preferred platform, or on Rumble, Facebook, and YouTube. If you miss a live broadcast, you can always go back and watch on Rumble or TomLightbly.com. It's also available as an audio-only show on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thank you so much for your continued support and for tuning in.